0: Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Ms. Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities, and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. Today's episode is about how to withdraw or plan to withdraw your retirement funds. This week, I spoke to a um, retired New York City principal who has been retired for three years. And so I was curious and I asked like, so how have you been withdrawing your retirement funds? So she shared that she has been living off her pension and that she also has been receiving social security. Um, And that's been working for the the past three years. But she also shared that inflation has really impacted her ability to stay on budget in retirement, utilizing just those two buckets. She also has contributed to her TDA, but she hasn't touched it and doesn't plan on touching it until she is required to take required minimum distributions at the age of 73. So when she's looking at the age, so she's trying to make sure that she stays within the budget with the her pension and her social security. And I had also said, well, have you also considered the tax implica- implications of taking out your your TDA? Because what will also happen is is she lives in New York City, so she won't have to pay New York City and state taxes on that money, but she will have to take pay federal taxes on that, and so that will uh, increase her her income, and that's something that she needs to to think about as well. Also, she asked me what would be the what would be her um, required minimum distribution. And that changes on your age. So let's start with having a plan. You should know what buckets that you have and what tax implications or what taxes you'll have to pay in retirement. We're fortunate in New York City, um, as New York City public school teachers or educators... Um, our pension is not city or state tax, but it is income and you know, the tax man wants his money. So that's one part of it. You have to find out what is happening in your where you teach, if you teach in a different state or um in a different municipality. So the easy one well, the kind of easy one is social security. So full retirement age, if you're born before 19, before 1960. So if you're born in 1955 or previously, your full retirement age is 66. And it varies for some reason between 1955 and 19 in, in 1959. There's some months and things, but I'm going to put the link to the social security site in the Show notes so that you can see. You can go and see what it is. Then, if you delay after that point, you kind of inc- you kind of accrue more money. Um, but at the very least, sixty-seven if you're born after nineteen sixty, and sixty-six if you're born before nineteen sixty. So that takes Social Security. That's based on your your salary up until that point. And you contribute to social security generally as long as you are working if you start your benefits before that age your benefits are dramatically reduced so you want to be clear when you're going to take secure, but when you're going to take social security and sit down and figure out when's the best time for you to do that so you have uh, your pension, and then you have social security if you're available. So if you don't have a pension, you're looking at your 401k or 403b as an educator and social security. So figuring that out um, is important as you get closer to retirement. Uh, You don't have to do it, you know. as you guys know, I'm 47 years out from retirement, so you don't have to do it way early, but definitely within that last year, of retirement, you want to sit down with your accountant or sit down with someone and figure out like what this all looks like so that you make the best decision in gathering or deciding what your withdrawal strategy is, right? So figure out all your, so step one would be to figure out all your accounts. If you're a New York City public school educator, you're looking at your pension, possibly your TDA, your deferred comp, if you have any outside IRAs and your um, and a Roth if you have that as well. The second thing that you want to look at is figure out what your required minimum distribution is. So when you're looking at everything, know its tax implications. And some of you may be saying, "Like, wow, my state will tax tax my pension." Though most states don't tax pensions, that they um, are in charge of. People want to move to different states for various reasons. So you need to know, you know, where do you plan on living in retirement, or should you stay in your state just to have those state those um, those savings? So look at all your accounts and determine the tax liability that comes in all of them. So I just want to be clear on that. Now, once you've Looked at all your accounts, determined the state the the tax liability, and there are nine states that don't tax pensions. Or um, so you need to figure. I'll put the lists um, or link uh, link to the list of those states that don't. So if you are in a state that does, you can always move to a state that does it. Once you decide, once you figure out your accounts and their tax liabilities, now you have to go to your. Um, required minimum distribution and understand what that means. So because of the Secure Act 2.0, it increased the age to 73. It used to be 72. And so because of that act, you don't have to take required minimum distributions until you turn, until the April after you turn 73. So you sit there and you're like, okay, I can afford to live off of possibly my pension or my TDA, whatever, before then. But once you hit the age of 73, the April after 73, I mean, the April after you turn 73, it is, you are required to take a minimum distribution. Everyone's minimum distribution is different. This is where I totally and completely endorse and suggest, recommend you should contact someone either at your, where your account is held so that you understand what the amount is for the case that you're dealing with a pension. Most of the time you're the agency that oversees it knows what it is. They tell you what it is and you just get it no matter what. And why do they do that is because the tax penalties for not doing that is 25% of the amount that you did not take. So for an easy, uh, an, an easy uh, example of what that looks like, if your requ- if you have to if your requirement distribution required distribution is for argument's sake,s a thousand dollars for the year, and you don't take that thousand dollars, then you will have to pay a twenty five percent tax on that thousand dollars, which is. Two hundred and fifty dollars out of your money is going to go to Uncle Sam because you didn't take the thousand dollars out so you've worked all this time you've put away this money and because you don't take your required your required minimum distribution then you have to give twenty five percent back to the government so really understand and let's say it was twenty five percent was you know, so let's say you were supposed to take a thousand out, but you only took $500 out. Well, then you would be taxed the 25% on the $500 that you did not take out. Either way, you don't want to do it. And you want to make sure that you are taking out the correct amount of money. Now, the other cool thing about the Secure Act uh, 2.0 is that by 2033, the age increases until 75 years old. And you may be asking, why does this number keep going up? And it continues to go up because we recognize that people, or the government recognizes, that people haven't been putting away for their retirement. So the longer that money can sit there and grow without you being forced to take it out, the bigger that nest egg, or the bigger opportunity that nest egg has to grow. And so for those of you, if you're Generation X um, and you aren't ready to retire or you feel like you haven't put away enough money to retire, um, and that's myself included, I would fall into this 75 age range, not even the 73 age range. So that's the point that you have to you know, figure out, knowing when you're going to retire um, and when those required minimum distributions are. You also want to make sure that you know it's not over your the totality, the the minimum required minimum distribution isn't over the totality of all your accounts. So what I mean by that is like if you have your pension, your TDA, your deferred comp and outside our IRA, there will be a required minimum distribution for each of those buckets. So don't think like, oh, I took it out of you know my, my TDA or my deferred comp. I only took it out of that one account, so I'm good. No, you have to check what is the required minimum distribution of all of your retirement accounts, with the exception of the Roth IRA, which is why people love that account. That Roth IRA gives you so much flexibility. You've paid taxes on the front end. And there are no required minimum distributions. And then you don't pay taxes when you take the money out because you already paid them the first time. And that's why people love the right, right IRA. I mean, the Roth IRA. So once you understand what your required minimum distributions are, then you have to figure out where to take the money out of first. Right, You want to look at which account makes more sense. Generally, in the case of your pension, you don't really have a choice of which those are going to be. But when it comes to your additional accounts like your 403B, um, which in the city is your TDA or your 457, which is Uh, Deferred comp, you can decide which ones you want to do that in first. Also understanding if you're planning and you're truly concerned about the tax implications of your accounts, while you're still working, you can do things like a backdoor uh, IRA, I mean, backdoor Roth. And so that's something that you should consider. And I found out recently that you can do a backdoor Roth within deferred comp. So you definitely have a lot of options in deciding if and where you want to pay your taxes. I am not a tax advisor. I just offer those the information, and you should definitely go to your um, to a CPA, whoever gives you tax advice and knows all the laws and how to do those things to ask the questions and figure out like, hmm, I'm getting closer to retirement. What does it look like? What are my options? And what do I want to do? So you would think, you know, what's the order? And everyone's order is different. You may think like, I have a huge pot, you know, or a nice pot in my Roth IRA. So why don't I just take that money and then I don't have to worry about it. Well, RDMs will hit the the other accounts, so eventually you're going to have to worry about it. But if the other pots are bigger, you might want to take out of them first and then give your Roth IRA opportunities the opportunity to grow. So you really just need to decide which is and again, it is personal. So it's all individual to your account. I can give you a thousand scenarios, but it's always best if you're talking about your own and understand exactly what that looks like. So step number one, look at all your accounts. Step number two, understand when you have to take um, RMDs. And I feel like I've been going back and forth between RDM and RMDs, and I apologize for that. It is RMDs, required minimum distribution. And then figure out which one you want to take first right? And once you know that, you are going to be in the right steps. Now, those are the top three steps. And then the the final is like, you may want to look at, you have different options, right? So look at making charitable contributions that will help defer your tax bill. You also have, um, in-kind withdrawals, they can qualify or add to your RMD withdrawals. So it's kind of like you have stocks in your IRA or, your, um, or one of your other accounts. If you donate those to a organization, those are called in-kind withdrawals that can count against your um, RMDs. And if you're married, you have the option of averaging, if your spouse is younger than you, you have the uh, ability of, and and they are the beneficiary of your retirement accounts, you have the ability to lower the... um, your age, technically, if you're filing jointly, you have to, to technically lower your age by averaging theirs with yours. So you don't hit the, the, the age for required minimum, minimum distributions. So there are lots of strategies that are available to you. And once you decide what Strategy works for you best, then you can plan it out, and that's why you want to start looking at this minimally a year before. Ideally, probably five years if you're gonna if you're considering a Roth conversion uh, sort of thing, because you want to start putting those things in place. Because backdoor Roth take like a they have like a five year waiting period, so if you start five years, you can create a ladder of doing them and when that money is accessible to you. Um, There are lots of nuances in the the strategies. I'm doing this just to tell you what your options are and the questions to ask your tax professional when you're considering, I'm closer, how am I going to withdraw this money? Because the fear of most Americans is do they have enough money to retire, and will that money last them their whole retirement periods and depending on when you retire and with our um, with the advancements in medic in medicine, we are living longer so if you retire at fifty five you 're looking at almost possibly forty years in retirement and do you have enough money to do that now i don 't say that to scare you out of retirement. I just say it to say, do the math, plan it out, and consider inflation, which is what made me do this article, I mean, this episode, and start researching like what the options were to do it most effectively so that your money lasts as long as you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode in the, oh, what's the highest action step? See, Um, The highest action step is to look at your accounts and think about what your tax strategy is going to be. You may be a new teacher saying like, oh my God, right, it's not that important for you. But if you're within the last five years, this episode is definitely for you. If you're a new teacher, you should be thinking about what are the retirement buckets that I am going to contribute to how and why. Am I going to only contribute to pre-tax or am I going to do a balance between pre-tax and post-tax, which would be a Roth IRA, so that when I get to retirement, I won't be stressing over these things because, again, a Roth IRA has no required minimum distributions, and that is an option that you have in our 457 plan. So you may say, okay, I'll do my TDA pre-tax And I'll do my deferred comp post-tax, the Roth option, and therefore I have a 50-50 and I have a greater option. The possibilities are endless, but the highest leverage action step that you can take in this endeavor is to look at your accounts, understand the tax liabilities that they have, and if you're under five years, go see a tax professional to really have a discussion about the best strategy for you withdrawing your retirement funds. So again, thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that it was helpful and has given you food for thought. And I look forward to speaking to you next week. Remember, stay in the black. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Staying in the BLK. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week, Gwen.